The Falcons landed their big fish in safety Jesse Bates on a very active day of day one of the NFL's legal tampering period. We're breaking it all down with the Athletics' Josh Kendall today on Locked On Falcons. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Mr. Drew. And, of course, the most humble host that has ever existed in the galaxy here of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And we thank you guys for making Locked On Falcons, Locked On Jesse Bates, your first listen. Free and available, of course, Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Falcons channel on YouTube and you will get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. And check us out on your Roku and Amazon Fire TV by downloading the Locked on Sports Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. So, guys, we did it. We did whatever it takes. This is the fight of our lives. And we're going to win. Whatever it takes. So if you're new here, checking out Lockdown Falcons for the first time, welcome. But this was the signature move that we have been hoping for for weeks, signing Jesse Bates. And funnily enough, it happened 15 minutes after I wrapped recording with Josh Kendall of The Athletic, who we'll have on later in the episode to talk about the other moves. So when Josh and I were talking, we didn't know about the Jesse Bates stuff. It happened 15 minutes, and it's funny because uh, last year with when I had Josh, and I kind of explain it later in the episode when we intro Josh, but I had Josh on like the Tuesday, like 45 minutes before the Deshaun Watson news broke for the Falcons, and Josh was on the podcast saying, oh, the Falcons are probably going to be pretty quiet this offseason because they don't have any money, and then 45 minutes later, had you know, that episode has never seen the light of day, and so... I joked with Josh, like, I'm having you on just in case something pops off. And so 15 minutes, breaking news, Jesse Bates uh, signs with the Atlanta Falcons for a four-year, $64 million deal. If you're curious on why we love this, you know, he's a ball-hawking center-fielding safety. That was something that the Falcons sorely lacked last year. Jalen Hawkins did his best in that role. I would not call what Richie Grant did when he played single high safety last year his best, but the Falcons played a lot of cover three last year. Uh, And if that continues under new defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen, they are going to need a guy that can play that single high safety. And Jesse Bates is absolutely one of the best center fielders in the NFL. And if the Falcons dial back their cover three and, and, Nielsen installs a defensive scheme very similar to the one run under Dennis Allen in New Orleans the last several years, which was a lot more split safety looks, a lot of too high, a lot of quarters. Uh, In fact, a a higher degree of those coverages than necessarily the cover three. Then, you know, Bates fits that scheme perfectly as well. 
because the Bengals over the last couple of years have run a lot of sort of too high shells. And we had talked about in the past how Marcus Williams, now with the Baltimore Ravens, the former Saints uh, safety, uh, was kind of the linchpin, the key ingredient to make that sort of defense and their coverages work. W- Williams was capable, one of the top center fielders in the league, able to handle some of the deep stuff that allowed the other safety, Von Bell, earlier in Williams's career, and then Malcolm Jenkins uh, the last couple of years to be a lot more aggressive and play underneath, which is you know something that is a strength to those players. And that's going to be a similar situation that we're expecting from Richie Grant, a similar player that seems to play better the closer he is to the line of scrimmage, being that aggressive playmaker. So we're hoping that Jesse Bates is able to unlock the full potential of Richie Grant and also unlock the full potential of the cornerbacks. The same thing with Williams being able to cover that deep stuff. The Saints corners could be a lot more aggressive, a lot more physical at the line of scrimmage because they knew they had that high level safety help over the top. You know, that's music to the ears of a very grabby corner like Marshawn Lattimore. And that is something that the Falcons can now do with AJ Terrell and whoever else lines up across from him, whether that's Casey Hayward or somebody else this offseason. So Jesse Bates is basically, you know, in a nutshell, a guy that's going to make plays and he's going to help make everybody else in the secondary better around him. And with improved coverage, that means improved uh, ability to get home and sack the quarterback, which is something that we're hoping that the Falcons will do a lot better job of now that they brought in David Onyemata more on that move uh, with Josh Kendall a little bit later. But to sort of finish off Jesse Bates, a uh, high character guy, leader, is going to reunite with Steve Jackson, who's the Falcons, I think, new defensive backs coach, uh, who coached defensive backs, I think, mostly corners in Cincinnati back in like 2020. So this sort of wraps up a great first day of free agency. And you love to see this. I was optimistic that we would see the Falcons be proactive on day one of this tampering period. Uh, Probably, you know, at least based off my memory, I'd have to really go back and look probably the most active we've seen them in, you know, a tampering period, let alone just day one of the, of the two day tampering period before we get to Wednesday when all these moves should become official and hopefully will become official. Nothing sadder than having to come on this podcast to tell you guys that Jesse Bates or David Ayamada decided that, you know, you know what? I don't actually want to go uh, to Atlanta, but uh, hopefully we will not have to deal with that. Um, so, yeah, man, great day one of this thing for the Falcons this offseason. You know, they did whatever it takes to get Jesse Bates. So we'll see what other moves they continue to make. But as we continue today's um episode here with Josh Kendall of The Athletic. We'll break down the other moves that they made, uh, bringing in Jonu Smith, David Onyemata, you know, extending Chris Lindstrom, Keith Smith, Bradley Pinion. So a lot of moves to get into, and we'll get into all of that as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. But first, guys, I want to tell you that it is beyond the midway point of the NBA season, and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. And if you're new to FanDuel, don't worry about it because you have a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That means if your first bet doesn't win, you will get bonus bets back up to $1,000. Just download the FanDuel app, and whether you want to bet on the NBA, the XFL, the NFL draft, you got baseball coming up, it is the perfect time to check out FanDuel, whether you want to bet money lines, point spreads, parlays, all that and more. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, everyone, welcome back to another illustrious edition of the Locked On Falcons podcast with an illustrious guest, none other than Josh Kendall of The Athletic, who covers the Atlanta Falcons. And Josh, we had you on this time around last year, and it was all quiet on the Western front, as they say, you know, just topical stuff with the Oscars and whatnot. But, you know, shortly after we had a chat last year, the news that the Falcons were interested in Deshaun Watson broke. So I feel like I feel reasonably confident since the Falcons got a bunch of stuff done early in the day on Monday to kick off the legal legal tampering period that we won't have to scrap this episode like we had to do last year's episode. But for those of you that haven't uh, heard the news, the Falcons made several moves early on Monday and we'll see if they make moves later on Monday that I'll have to break in and, and edit this episode I later on. But you're, you're just trying to conjure up a Atlanta Falcons are, are again interested in Lamar Jackson headline, aren't you? This is why you brought me on, just to see if you can recreate that type of – Pretty that, much. I, I get it. That's fine. That, that makes sense. Look, I'm, I'm here for the content. So, uh, <laughs> everyone, if you didn't know, the Falcons signed or agreed to terms, we should stress, since it's – tampering and nothing's official they agreed to terms with ex-saints defensive tackle david on they traded a seventh round pick to the new england patriots for tight end john o. smith they made chris lindstrom the highest paid guard in the nfl with a five-year contract extension worth 105 million dollars they re-signed keith smith and punter bradley pinion i guess josh will start um where do you want to start talking about these moves today and which of these moves is the most notable in your eyes well for me the most notable is on its own is David Onyemata, but I, I do think, I don't know if it's significant as much as it is funny to me that, you know, they come out charging out of the gates with defensive tackle, offensive guard, a fullback, a tight end. I mean, this is a very Arthur Smith day. I mean, you, you get the impression that he would love to win the NFC South with like Desmond Ritter and a bunch of fifth round picks and his highest paid dudes or guards and tight end. I mean, this, this is a, it's got a very Arthur Smith flavor, but the one signing that stands out is Anyamata. You know, we've all seen David. Davis, they've admitted they need defensive line help. They need pass rush help. And every time you mentioned pass rush help to Arthur Smith in the last six months, he immediately says that can be a defensive tackle too. You get a defensive tackle that helps all those other guys. So I'm not at all surprised to see them start with defensive tackle. I still think there's an edge rusher in their future. I still think there's somebody in the secondary in their future. I think you agree with both of those things. But this was a nice, you know, get get some momentum. Get your dip your toe in the water, get started on Yamada. I think clearly comes into I mean, this is a guy who if he signed some places, you'd think, is he gonna be a rotational guy? Is he gonna be their third tackle? I mean, he comes in here, he's clearly a starter. That's gotta be appealing to him. Um, Taquan Graham comes back healthy. You know, you, you've at least got a serviceable rotation in the middle of the defensive line if you stopped there. And I'm not sure they will, even at defensive tackle, but we'll see. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. Is this the first of multiple ex-Saints that we might see added to the defense? And do you think this is the biggest addition that they'll be making to the pass rush? If, if we're fast-forwarding to three months from now and we look back at this offseason, is David Onyemata the sort of signature addition to this Falcons pass rush, you think? If, if it is, then I think you'll be sketching that 
right below the Lamar Jackson line on the tombstone for this regime. I mean, so no, it, it, it just can't be. It's a good start. He's a good player. It's, it's a, you know, it doesn't have to be a high profile signing to be a good signing, but it, you know, they, they can't stop here. Um, you know, Marcus Davenport's a guy I know you've, you've mentioned as a possible good fit. He checks a lot of the boxes. Arthur Smith has familiarity with him because of Ryan Nielsen. They could get him on sort of a light of fire under his butt deal because he's coming off of a half sack season. He's kind of got something to prove. So you might be able to get him without having to commit a ton of money. You know, Lorenzo Floyd is, is, is excuse me, Leonard Floyd. I have, I will forever have Lorenzo Carter and Leonard Floyd melded in my mind as the same person. So I apologize. If the Falcons have both of them, I will never get it straight in my head. Um, but you know, he's still out there. But I think Marcus Davenport, yeah, to me, is a name that would not surprise me at all. It's got to be somebody. They have got to get an edge rusher. If you roll in there with Lorenzo Carter and the, the young guys, Malone and Ibikiti, and say this is our pass rush again, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know what the fan base is supposed to do with that. Okay. Well, we'll figure out what the fan base can do with the new tight end and whether or not he's going to eat into Kyle Pitts's shares of the offense or more importantly eat into Parker Hesse's playing time uh, when That's we discuss John Smith uh, the new addition here uh, coming up here with Josh Kendall of The Athletic so still plenty more to come on today's episode getting into the other moves that the Falcons made during day one of this legal tampering period but first guys I want to tell you about Built Bar everybody's trying to eat a little bit healthier this time of year and if you want to eat healthy but not have to compromise on taste you can do so with Built Bar it's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar they're all covered in 100% real chocolate they have great macros like only 130 calories only 4 grams of sugar but you're getting a whopping 17 grams of protein and guys you can head on over to built.com and find out their limited time flavors are always coming out with new ones like each and every week but you can also head to your local walmart or sam's club as well walk to the pharmacy section at walmart and get yourself a four bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate and if you're at sam's run in and get a 13 bar box of peanut butter brownie or coconut almond you will thank me later so continuing today's episode uh the other move that the falcons made ahead of the uh, start official start of the legal tampering period at 12 p.m. Eastern time Monday was trading for uh, Patriots tight end uh, John o. Smith sending the seventh round pick that they got from Buffalo for Dean Marlowe in a midseason trade. That trade will not be official until Wednesday uh, at 4 p.m. when the league year starts. Um, but this is a, you know, reunion between John o. Smith and Arthur Smith had obviously a lot of success in Tennessee, which netted him a big contract in New England. I know a lot of people thought at that time when he signed with the Patriots two years ago that a lot of people sort of circled him as a potential Falcons free agent target until, you know, we, we learned that the Falcons had no money to, to spend that type of money. But do you expect John o. Smith to look more like the player he was in Tennessee or maybe potentially the player in the last couple of years in, in New England that I think pretty much everybody who covers the Patriots would probably label as a, a major free agent bust. I, I would expect somewhere in the middle. I mean, I, if I, if my memory is right, going back a year, you were, you were one of the first people I saw mentioned to Michael Pruitt, you know, watch, watch Arthur Smith go out and get Michael Pruitt one another tight end. He's got familiarity with John o. Smith to me feels like Michael Pruitt plus, you know, he's, 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 he's sort of a, you know, one step ahead of, in the Michael Pruitt um, 
evaluation, whatever, the, the next step up in that progress. He fits in nicely with Kyle Smith. I don't think if this precludes them bringing Michael Pruitt back as well. But, you know, he's a guy that they can use as the big-bodied inline tight end you pointed out today. You know, he's been kind of a favorite on that leak screen, leak tight end screen for, for Arthur Smith. And everything has got to be viewed, I think, you know, in terms of how it affects Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That's what, and, and that's where this offense is, is this passing game is going to be buttered. So, John, John o. Smith to me becomes, you know, your number three target. Um, I, I don't, I don't expect them to go high on wide receiver in the draft. So I think John o. Smith, you know, supplants Alameda Zacchaeus as your, as your third pass catcher in this offense, what that total is, you know, I, that's yet to be seen. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of John o. Smith. Obviously Arthur Smith had a lot of success with him in Tennessee. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, him kind of bouncing back after a couple of rough seasons in new England, where he was just kind of a non-factor in their offense, but part of me does kind of wonder a little bit because I, I kind of had similar expectations with Anthony Ferkser sort of being a, a major contributor to the offense last year, and we didn't really quite see that. And so it does give me a little bit of pause of just automatically assuming a little bit that, you know, oh, well, Arthur Smith knows him and he'll, you know, be good here. But I, I do think the thing that John o. Smith has in his favor versus Ferkser is that he can be that sort of in-line player. And I think that's part of the reason why Ferkser kind of didn't really do much because the Falcons realized pretty quickly in the season that they're going to run their offense through, you know, running the football and having that tight end that could be a, an impact blocker. And I think John o. Smith is more that guy. So he should mesh a little bit better in the offense than Ferkser did last year. And they clearly, you know, the numbers I've seen is is he's going to be a $10 million hit on the salary cap in 2023. You've got some flexibility in 2024 if it doesn't work out. But to to invest that much, when you have so many other needs, to invest that much of your of your 23 salary cap in a guy, clearly they thought that was a spot. They, they had to fill that role, whoever it was, whatever it looked like, that that was something that they needed because that, you know, they, they've obviously been working on this for a little while now. Yeah. Well, speaking of big salary cap hits, let's talk about Chris Lindstrom, right? The now highest paid guard in the NFL. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on that move? I think this is Arthur Smith. I mean, if, for, for starters, you know, Chris Lindstrom has not put a foot wrong on or off the field um, in four years in Atlanta. He's one of the, you know, he is, he is a delight to be around uh, ev from everything I've seen, everything that, you know, they put out about the Walter Payton man of the year stuff, all the stuff. I mean, that's completely genuine. He is a great guy. And Arthur Smith has, has been real consistent saying we are going to reward the players who do it the right way consistently every day. And we're not going to reward the guys who don't meet a very high bar in that area. Jake Matthews and Grady Jarrett have been the only two so far. So Chris Lindstrom now comes into that club. So this is the Falcons saying, yeah, we're going to spend a lot of money on a guard, and we that's important to us because we want to run the football. We want to have a good offensive line. But just as much, you know, we're, we're, we're drawing a circle around the guys that we think are Falcons. These are the way – this is what we want to be done. So Chris Lindstrom now enters that circle and kind of becomes foundational or definitely becomes foundational for this regime and what they want this team to be. Yeah. I'm now I'm sitting here potentially looking ahead to next year because I, I figured Lindstrom would get a big number. 
I figured it would probably come in under $20 million, but very close to it. But obviously going over $20 uh, million with five, you know, 105 over five years. So averaging 21 million a year, but I, I can't help but think, you know, do, do you see a similar situation with AJ Terrell next year, who probably will be up for a, a sort of contract extension and, given that the Falcons made Lindstrom the highest paid guard in the NFL, you know, there's, there's a possibility that they could potentially make Terrell maybe the highest paid corner in the NFL. Could you see something like that happening? I could see something like that happening. I'm not sure we're there yet with, with the front office and the head coach on AJ Terrell. I think um, obviously he's an elite defensive player, but in terms of reaching that upper echelon of what they want their guys to be, I'm not sure AJ, I mean, he's bumping his head on it, but I'm not sure he is fully there yet to be, not, not to say they wouldn't offer him some kind of deal, but in, are they going to offer him a knock your socks off? I guarantee you he's going to retire a Falcon, you know, Arthur Blank Falcon for life deal. I, it, my gut, my, the vibe I get is he's not quite there yet. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see what type of season uh, he has, but obviously, you know, there is a very large carrot in, in front of the, the, horse I, I don't know my metaphors i'm sorry um, <laughs> for him to to sort of seek um speaking of lindstrom who's gonna play next to him that's my other question for you josh you know i've still caleb mcgarry circled there we didn't see we didn't see him linked to anybody uh on monday i still think it makes the most sense for atlanta to say so my, my gut feeling was it makes the most sense for atlanta to say to caleb mcgarry Go see what's out there because they probably don't think a ton of people are going to be beating the door down because he fits well into kind of one type of offense, and it's his Atlanta's type of offense. So they figure Caleb McGarry goes out into the open market, and, you know, 28 teams think, you know, he's not worth a ton to us because of his inconsistencies pass blocking him. This is how we want to live. We want to we want to live throwing the football. And so then Caleb McGarry comes back and the, you know they can kind of meet in the middle on their contract demands. Now, you know, we we did see kind of the right tackle slash tackle market get a little wacky today. Uh Mike McGlinchey gets a big deal. So, you know, I on one hand, you're seeing some of those tackle needy teams fill their holes, which is, you know, is good for the Falcons in that regard. You're seeing those guys get big deals, which McGarry's camp probably likes. I still think those two sides meet somewhere in the middle is the most likely scenario. Okay. Well, last but not least, we got to talk about Keith Smith and Bradley Pinion, and it's just just another indicator that special teams matters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Keith Smith is, you know, I, I meant to look. That I've been crazy busy today. I meant to look. I think he's. He's got to be top three on this team in special team snaps. He's a guy that Arthur Smith has unsolicited, talked about being a leader in the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. Bradley Pinion did everything they wanted him to do. So, you know, I, you know, you're always – Keith Smith, Pinion's a little different because he's a punter, but Keith Smith is at the point in his career where you just never know. You know, is this, is this his last year? Is this his last year? So that, to me, was not a no-brainer. Um, I'm glad to see them get it done. Clearly, that's something they wanted to get done. Uh, again – my man Parker Hesse. I don't know where I don't know what we're gonna do with him. I don't know where he goes. We gotta find gotta find some Parker Hesse snaps. Yeah, I, you know, I I sit here. I, I know John New Smith can dabble a little bit at fullback. I know Parker Hesse dabbled a little bit at fullback. I'm I'm just I'm curious where where Parker Hesse fits into this offense. He was such an integral part of of their run game working. So they got to find a role for him. But uh, I'm, now I'm just kind of curious. Is it just 
three tight end sets all day long for the Falcons in 2023. Yeah, and then then if they resign Michael Pruitt, then then you got Felipe Franks. You still got to find snaps for him, so it's going to be fascinating. Okay, all right. Looking for that 14 personnel. So, uh, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your insights into this. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have you back on uh, at some point. I don't know when. Um, <laughs> but, you know, maybe if that Lamar Jackson news drops, yeah, maybe we'll get you back on for that. I'll come, by, I'll come back home for the Lamar Jackson trade. Sounds good. All right. All right, man. Let the people know where they can find your stuff. Uh, at The Athletic. Uh, on Twitter, Josh The Athletic. Um, love to have you. Thanks. So hopefully we are now wrapping up today's episode. Hopefully there's not a whole lot more news uh, to break down uh, for the Falcons. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say hopefully, but it's just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to constantly do all the editing. So my plan all week long is we're going to try to, you know, record and upload an episode uh, by, you know, seven, eight o'clock every night. But basically I cannot make any promises if any breaking news happens for the Falcons you know, after 6 p.m. Eastern time that will be on those episodes. But if we have to do emergency pods, you know, all the content that you guys are craving, you will get. You just may, you know, some of these moves we might talk about the next day as opposed to the night it happens. So I will apologize in advance if that is the case, just because we are this is a new experience. We haven't done this in a while where, you know, we've had to react um, to the Falcons you know, being proactive in free agency, like, you know, we've, we've, we've been active in free agency back in the days or in the early days of the podcast, but you know, the last couple of years, now that we've been on YouTube and we try to get the episode up, you know, the night before, you know, we haven't had to deal with that. So it, it's a, it's a learning process. So we'll, we'll figure it out, but obviously there's going to be a lot more content to come guys, but you know, we will leave it at that. Make sure you, you, send in any feedback questions, whatever you want to have uh, your thoughts on these moves uh, so far by hitting me up, you know, via email at lockdownfalcons at mail.com. You can hit me up on social media at Lockdown Falcons, either on Facebook or Twitter. You can uh, leave a comment here on Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. You can join the discord Lockdown Falcons, a link in the description below. But guys, I want to thank you once again for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And for your second listen, check out the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast, Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez, the hosts of, you know, they're hosts of that podcast. They're coming from the Draft Network. They provide in-depth coverage on the top prospects, deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that are going to help change your team's upcoming fortunes in the draft. And I know some of you guys have not been thrilled the last couple of days with the Falcons moves. Maybe you're coming back around on them after today's moves. So, you know, things are looking up and you can continue to look up by checking out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.